Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Basil Meets podcast. I am doing a live intro today uh, as my peeps are setting up around me. And because I'm sitting and bored in this room, I felt, you know what? Why not save some time and record the intro? I got Mr. Hadi Sarayuddin chilling in the background. He's part of my crew. What up, Hadi? What up? I can't hear. Nobody can hear you. I got Brendan as well right here. What up, Brendan? Okay. Okay. They're they're really they're, they're really shy. I promise you, there are people in this room other than me. I got my imaginary friend Brendan with me. What's up, Brendan? He said something in my ear. I love you, Brendan. He's so funny, that guy. Oh shit. Well, anyway, um, this episode today is with Mr. Ed Klaus. We're recording live from Anrami. We're not really live. I keep saying we're recording live, but we're not really live. Um, enjoy this episode. I think I think we haven't recorded this episode yet. Usually when I do these intros, we've already recorded the episode, so I know what we're talking about. But I don't know what we're talking about now. Uh, so I think if I'm going to guess, we're probably going to talk about some pop culture, some business, um, some journalism. And yeah, enjoy this show. And I hope you enjoy this intro. Here we go. I clapped. Yeah. Sorry, I'm confused things now by clapping. You know, I'm not editing any of this out, right? We're going to go straight right into it. <laughs> Just jump straight in. We got on the podcast today, Mr. Ed Klaus. What's up? What's up? How you doing, Basil? I want to say... Eddard Klaus. Lord Eddard. In Lord Eddard Klaus. I'm going to refer to you as that. House Klaus. <laughs> For the my, rest. Na- my name day. It's not do, my name day. Do you watch Game of Thrones? Uh, no, I actually don't know what Game of Thrones is. No, I'm joking. Yeah, of course I watch Game of Thrones. Do you do? Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. of course. Of cool. course. Yeah. So are you a fan of Game of Thrones? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm a big fantasy kind of guy. Like, grew up on Lord of the Rings, obviously. And so Game of Thrones for me is like seeing that. In just this incredibly like high budget serialized fashion, and I, I just love it. Yeah, it's fantastic. They've lost their like lost their way, I think, in the final season. But that's just my opinion. Okay, yeah. so we're gonna do this, right? We're All gonna right. say um, spoiler alert. If, well, you know, well, spoiler. I just alert. want to know what you think uh, mm-hmm. so far, like of the, the of the final season. Like without giving too much away, I would say that. It's natural in any TV show that they're going to have to make some leaps of kind of, you know, from one point to another, both geographically, but also in like the plot sense. And, you know, with Breaking Bad, there were some kind of stretches of imagination where you had to go, okay, I'm going to like pause my disbelief and just go with it. Um, I I feel like those have been pretty glaring this season of Game of Thrones. I I feel like just some of the, the tactical errors that have been made, like, you know, as if... Danny would have not known that they could have had those like large arrows at the on the boats on Euron's like fleet. Like that just seemed like she walked into it, and I was just like, "What are you doing?" I, I just yeah. didn't get that, you know. And no one's using Bran. Bran's like this like UAV like predator drone that they can use to just do the reconnaissance from like thousands of miles away. He can just walk into like a bird and then go and check what's going on out. But they're not using him. He's just like sitting there like staring at the wall. So. That is so true, man. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Well, isn't it because Brand can only look into the past. Was it that? Was that his like? That's kind of a really bad superpower, you know. That's it's almost like that's pretty bad. The only thing I can do is look into the past. So, Brand, you can only yeah. look back in time. 
into something we already know. I, I feel like I have that superpower sometimes. Like when it's like midnight and I'm trying to go to sleep and I'm just staring at the ceiling, like thinking about the mistakes I made. Like, <laughs> it's like my superpower is hindsight. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's like, just <laughs> like thinking about the stupid things I said that day. Um, yeah, no, but I think he can walk into like animals, right? I think that's. I think that's something he can do because he used to do that with the oh. with the direwolves, right? Okay. So he should be able to walk into a bird and then fly over and like see what's going on. I don't know. Yeah, um, that's true. Hey, yeah. In, the, in, the, in the battle, uh, or wasn't the battle? It was at the long night episode. Mm, no, mm. no spoiler here. But at some point, uh, well, spoiler. Just like close your ears for five <laughs> seconds. Um, he he did the whole like um, you know he he went somewhere, right? Like mm. wh- and and just they showed us that he went somewhere, but. Where the fuck did he go? Like, I don't um, understand. Where did he go? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like, I think he probably transported to, like, a, I think it was like a flock of birds or something. He did? Yeah, it was like what a did flock he do? of crows. I don't know. It's a good question. I'm I guess we'll sure. find out in the next episode. Possibly. Tune in next week to find out. <laughs> <It's> tomorrow, <laughs> is it tomorrow night? Yeah, tomorrow night. But it's Monday here, isn't it? it, do, you, it is, do, you, do you get, yeah. like, people together to watch it? Like, how do you watch Honestly, it? Honestly, so far, no. No. Uh, and I do feel like a loser saying this. Because mm. I know a lot of people are doing these, yeah, like, yeah. viewing parties viewing party. and, like, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like... Honestly, I come back home, uh, I go run, and it's almost like an afterthought now for me. Right. Like, oh, oh, sh- Game of Thrones just came out, so right. I should probably watch it, you know? Right. And I think a lot of it is, and I was talking to, about, to my friends about this, I think, you know, they've drawn out the season uh, the season so long, and I think there was such a big gap between season, season seven and season eight. Season eight. Right, right. Steven. Who's Steven? <laughs> Steven eight. Steven eight. Uh, <laughs> season eight. And I think in these two years... I kind of lost interest in the characters. Right. You know, like, I don't feel as close to the characters as I did in season seven. Right. You know what I mean? So, so now it's almost like, all right, well, I just need to finish the show because I've committed to it for seven years. Yeah, you know you're what I mean? so invested in it now. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so I know people are doing these, like, you know, watch parties, but I feel like, to me, it's an afterthought. I don't know about you. Like, how do you feel a, about it? It's more, it's, it's more of like an obligation for you now just to sort of get it done. And That's how yeah. I feel. Yeah. I mean, I think um, I'm invested in the conclusion of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but I don't think that I'm as, say, as invested as I was uh, like a year and a half ago, perhaps. But, you know, I'm, I'm still like, it's still something I look forward to. It's probably like the highlight of my week, which says a lot about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like quite a sad life. Uh, but yeah, no, I get, I do, we do get a few friends Dude, together. I spend and watch my time it. on Netflix. So yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. Totally cool. I, there is something amazing about having a set night to watch something right so like the, the thing with netflix obviously you can binge and then you don't you, you, if you're like me you can't self-regulate you're like yep. a child with sugar so you just like give me as much as possible and my <laughs> life just falls to pieces around me whilst i'm watching netflix so but you know there is something nice about monday night is game of thrones night like it's kind of in that traditional old school way and i think that i actually think like internet shows are replacing that right. now like so i don't have you seen hot ones where they eat the, yes, the hot chicken wings. Yeah. All right. So hot ones. I've, I've been watching it for a couple of years. Like they've they've just absolutely exploded. Like they're so huge now. And it's a com for those who don't know. It's like a complex show, which is complex like the media brand in New York. And basically, they just eat hot spicy chicken wings. The wings get increasingly spicy, and the questions like the interviewer asks the questions, and and the guest kind of melts because they're so like the wings are so hot. Yeah. Yeah. 
That comes out every Thursday morning, right? And I look forward to that. It's just a YouTube show. It's wow. 25 minutes long, but I look forward to it. Like, it's like a fun, I'm like, who have they got on this week? Which guests? Like, they get huge guests on. And it's like, that's fun. And Complex also has like a, a sneaker show called Full Size Run, which is like, so it's interesting because those internet shows are kind of, in, for me at least, like kind of replacing the TV yeah. experience of like, this is the set day that comes out because... Netflix has changed that model so much where it just drops all at once, you know? It's interesting. Um, You know, I just canceled my cable. uh, Oh, really? You cut the cord? Yeah. Mm. Because, honestly, I just found myself not, um, just not watching TV anymore. Mm. And I'm spending... I'm spending most of my time on, on streaming uh, services. Yeah. Either it's Netflix or like I'm saying, it's YouTube. I spend a lot of time on YouTube. Right. You know, I, uh, and like you said, I just sort of um, watch these formats, these serialized formats, Hot Ones being one of them as yeah. well. Um, it's just so interesting to see how that world is shifting. And I don't know if you, you're following, but like Disney Plus is coming to the table. Mm, mm. Um, you've got uh, Amazon Prime sort of producing more originals. Um, you've got, uh, was it AT&T? I think they're working on something as well. Yeah. So that sort of like, it's moving, yeah. uh, just consumer behavior totally, I think out in the West, but it's also coming to mm. the Middle East as well. I don't know if you know any numbers or anything of how that's moving and what's, what direction. I don't, moving. I mean, it's, so it's very fragmented in the Middle East cause you have the likes of, you know, at least in that video OTT space, like the streaming space, you have stars play, yeah. you obviously have Netflix, uh, you have Fox. Fox, uh, Fox has its own um, streaming service now, which has like National Geographic shows and stuff like that. Um, and then there's obviously, uh, who, I think you can't get Hulu or HBO now. You can't, Or HBO no. Go, no, not not yet, um, without a VPN or whatever. But yeah, I mean, like, it, so it's, it's highly fragmented here. You also then have like a couple of specialists like um, South Asian streaming services, I think, um, for like Bollywood, pro, like, um, Bollywood shows and stuff like that. So... But it, it's very fragmented. In the US, it's less fragmented at the moment because you just have those key players that you, you just named. So you have like Amazon Prime, you have like, um, uh, what's the other one? You have Hulu and then you have HBO and then Netflix, yeah. right? But I think with the introduction, as you say, of like Disney and uh, a couple of other, like well, sp- Apple Plus as well. Apple now. Plus, yeah. I was at the launch of Apple Plus in, in California back, oh, wow. in, uh, back in March, which was pretty crazy. Like, kind they, of a big deal. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was amazing because they just wheeled out like, I mean, no one really knew what it, what it was going to be because usually Apple would announce like their hardware, right? So they would have their laptops, they would have their phones and, and so on and so forth. They announced all of their like hardware updates, like the new iPad, the AirPods 2. They announced all of that the week before the keynote so it was like well what are they going to talk about the keynote and we knew that there was going to be some sort of streaming service announced but they just went like hardcore these are services we've got apple news plus we've got uh, apple tv and then what was the other one they did um they had oh the credit card right with yeah. goldman sachs so they were just like listen like hardware is like so old school now we're just going to sell sell you services um and then they started wheeling out like the the, the, the steve carell's they wheeled out obviously oprah eventually so i mean they they, they brought the big guns yeah. and but the, the thing is like they're investing a billion dollars right in, into original content and they have those names oprah being like a huge household name in the states 
But, I mean, you look at Netflix, like Netflix is spending billions of dollars yeah. every year on original content, like in, 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 the, in the tens of billions of dollars. So, you know, if you're Apple, you, you, like $1 billion is not necessarily going to be enough to compete with Netflix. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I think Apple would need to probably acquire another streaming service just to boost its catalog. Because look, look, Disney, now Disney have acquired Fox, they have all of the Marvel pro- properties as well. Right. So, so Disney now has like all of like, the X-Men and all of like the traditional Marvel stuff that was on Fox. And then they have all of their own films and TV series have Star Wars, you know, so it's like, I mean, it's huge for them. So they're they're such a big player in the market Um, or they will be when they launch. So Apple, Apple really needs to like, I think, you know, they need to invest heavily. And so it's a a big thing to do. You know, it's a big thing to get into. It's funny because um, I think uh, there were talks that Apple wanted to buy Netflix um, right, and it was. I saw it in the press. Uh, you know, that never really materialized. Um, but I just find the whole streaming services wars to be mm. very interesting mm. because what I see right now is we're we're on a cusp of a new uh, broadcasting era, mm. and it's no longer your linear experience. It's now a this curated uh, on demand experience, mm. and it's interesting to see all these big players come in and sort of consolidate their content. Mm. Um, And I don't know if that's going to be the long-term game. Mm. I mean, licensing content still makes a whole lot of money for these uh, companies. Mm. So I don't see see Disney, for example, keeping everything exclusive on Disney+. I think at some point they will probably start licensing back to Netflix or whatever because that is a stream of revenue. But that devalues their proposition in terms of why would you then subscribe to Disney if you can get the Disney content on Netflix? Do you know what I mean? Like they have to have that unique selling point. But but I don't know, like, because it's like, would you, would you, will you pay for like, Four streaming services. Well, think about it. It's how so many? Much how many are you going to pay for? Look, you got your Netflix is at what ten dollars now? Was it so, yeah, something or whatever? like that? Yeah. Um, and then you have uh, let's say uh, Disney Plus, which mm-hmm. is I don't know. They said like seven dollars. Right. was going to be right. So I think the entire thing, if you get two or three packages, that's. Thirty, forty dollars. That's still less from what we pay here for a, a cable provider. That's, That's true. Much substantially less. Substantially. So I less. think there is a case to be made that you could have two or three to live next to each other. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that could happen. I think Disney has a very big competitive advantage because they have the family aspect to their mm-hmm. uh, to their content. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have all the cartoons, they have Marvel, mm. um, and they have the originals that they're working on right now. They have Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that's that's a huge fan base, it's right? It's huge. And and, the, and then they have, um, obviously, yeah, as you say, Marvel. And, and they also have ESPN. They own, Disney and owns ESPN. ESPN. ESPN has its own streaming service, ESPN Plus. Yeah. So they're a standalone streaming service. And, and I think sports is like the last frontier of... Of, that hasn't been touched or claimed by streaming, right? You, right. You, you know, if you're here in the UAE, you still need, you know, your B in sports, you still need whatever, Abu Dhabi sports. I, I don't know what it is because I don't have any of it, but I know right. you, you would still need to. I'm not, I'm not yeah. a sports guy. Well, I, I'm, a, I'm a sports guy, but I just don't have the willpower to spend, like, it's so expensive, right? right. It's like $100 to get your, your football and stuff like that. And is I just it don't... the same in, like, the West? Like, it's pretty expensive. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. Yeah. I mean, like, so my dad, shout out to my dad, is he just, shout can, out. every time I speak to him, he, not every time, that's unfair, but mo- like, he's always complaining about how much he spends on his TV. It is like one of those, like, kind of older yeah. guy things. It's like, so expensive. Grumbling about the cost of, of TV. And he, but I mean, 
because he watches a lot of football and a lot of uh, different sports, he he has like a few of the different packages to be able to have like, you know, the whole thing because it's split up in the UK between different providers. Yeah. So if you want to be able to watch it all, you need like three or four different. And he's spending like I mean, 800, 900 dirhams a month just on, I guess, on like TV. And he and, and it is super expensive. Like that is a lot of money to be spending. Yeah. Um, especially when, as he points out, he's like, you know, me and your mum watch like tons of Netflix and it's right. like, so how much do we actually need all of these, all of these um, sports channels and stuff like that? So I think that there's definitely like a battle happening between the old uh, kind of old media, which is like that TV cable and then that new media, which is streaming. And, and really sports is like one of the few reasons to not, you know, one of the few reasons to keep, to still have a cable package. I agree, know? man. I think uh, with sports, it is, like you said, the final frontier for linear TV. And mm. it's because the experience has to be live. Right. And right. it's almost like, how do you take that live experience to those streaming programs? Mm. And I think you have, um, I think it was Facebook and Twitter tried to dabble in live sports. Mm. Um, and it makes sense because these platforms are live in nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just, I don't know how that's going to translate into these uh, these platforms. Although I do have an idea. I mm. think if... If you have a these plat- if you can integrate this within the platforms, right. you know, if um, and then after the game you could have these highlights, these um, post game analysis and stuff like that. I think that could be a proposition for mm. people who are into sports. Right. But then again, the licensing of these games should be really expensive. So expensive. Right? I think Facebook. So you're absolutely right, as you alluded to. Facebook uh, have dabbled in in live sports. They they actually just bought the rights to uh, La Liga, which is the Spanish. Premier League, essentially, uh, in football, they own the rights to that in India. So Facebook's idea was like, listen, you know, hundreds of millions of people have Facebook in India. It's a population of 1.3 billion people, huge addressable market. Football is is massive in India. So let's buy the rights to not like the English Premier League, which would be your, you know, billions and billions of dollars to, to get the rights to. Let's get La Liga, which is like one of the most popular leagues. We can get it slightly less, like lower price. And then let's give it to people for free in India via Facebook. And mm. and let's test the water here. And that's what they're doing now. And and as you say, you know, you can add to that. Facebook can build on that value proposition by kind of adding analysis or kind of post post match commentary, whatever it is, right? And and it's all in one place. It's all on, on your Facebook news feed, you know. Yeah. So but it, it is it is a very interesting trend. And and I think Twitter has base like some basketball now or something like that. So it, you know, you're ha- you're seeing all this this kind of like forging of these new partnerships between old and, and like traditional and, and kind of new media. And um, it's it's fascinating. It's a really interesting time. Who do you think will come out on top? You mm. know, in terms of these streaming uh, services, game of it's like Game of Thrones. It's like yeah, who's going for the iron? <sighs> the iron streaming streaming throne. throne. Um, I think so. It would. I be. I feel like it would be foolish to bet against Netflix at this point in mm. terms of for, for like entertainment, drama, that kind of thing, and, and even educational stuff, just because. They've built up such a strong position in the market. They're so recognizable. They have that brand loyalty and stuff like that. Excuse me. But um, that, that being said, you know, D- Disney's like one of the, the wealthiest com- companies in the world. Like they have a, a huge amount of talent and property that they own in, in terms of the entertainment space. So, you know, again, Disney could just throw their weight behind it and just, and just be like, you know, this is ours now. Right. You know, that, that she's just like, I think Disney is probably like maybe Cersei. Just like you can, un- you can like underestimate her at your own peril, basically. Like she might just cut your head off. Um, whereas and Netflix is maybe like 
like probably John, John Snow. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, I think I, one thing you said, I, and I totally agree with. I think from a cultural perspective as well, Netflix have done an immense job. Mm. Um, they are part of pop culture. Mm. If anything, they have moved pop culture in a certain direction right. over the past few years. Yeah. Uh, and that's because of their marketing, their social media, the type of shows and stories that they're telling. Yeah. Um, it's just like it, they've opened such a new frontier to storytelling yeah. that I think to remove them right now is going to be extremely difficult. And I don't think... I don't think the the future looks dark for Netflix, and I, th- no. I think there's a lot of articles about Netflix being in debt, um, about uh, you know looking out for Disney's exclusivity on Marvel and all that sort of stuff. I just think they're okay; they're going to be fine. They're fine, and yeah. then and their subscriber base is just continually growing at this incredibly rapid pace. I think they they, they just added uh, like I think they have 150 million subscribers now. So they, they're just like every quarter they're adding new you know new numbers to their subscriber base. So they'll they'll be fine. They'll be absolutely fine. But they they are burning cash just to keep that content coming. So that that that's you know something that I would be kind of cognizant of if I was investing in Netflix or if mm. I was kind of looking at them as a value proposition. But that's the nature of the beast, man. Like, you got to spend money. It's the same with music streaming services. Like, you have to be putting down the cash to get content, to get artists signed onto your platform, all that kind of stuff. Like, it's expensive. It's an yeah. expensive game, right? And, and at the moment, the margins are still tight like you have to be competitive you can't just charge $50 a month like you have to charge like a Netflix price of $10 or whatever so yeah. you know it's um yeah it's interesting it's an yeah. interesting time do you so you you don't do any sports you, you're saying you're not into sports my brother is a huge Manchester United fan like I think he, I know your I think I've seen your brother on Twitter what's his name Mohammed uh, Mohammed Anabtawi. Does he work for who does he work? Does he work? He for? works at uh, Snapchat right now. Yeah, that's right. I've definitely I've seen him. He yeah. has some pretty funny tweets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a uh, I don't know. I want I don't want to say fan because fan does not do him justice. Right. Yeah. Uh, he is. Uh, I, I don't I don't even know <laughs> a there's zealot. a word for it. A zealot, maybe <laughs> that's a good word. <laughs> fanatic. He is. Yeah. He just loves Manchester United. Yeah. And you know, sometimes I look at people who are into football and sports. And I kind of envy them, you know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, I wish I had that passion right. towards a sport because people are so engaged in it. Like when a, when a team wins, it almost feels like, you know, you're sitting in this room where everybody's cheering for the team and it's it's almost like a Game of Thrones episode every time your team plays, right. you know, like this is the this is the battle. It's, it's the long night every right. single time. There's a big, <laughs> uh, you know, showdown between Liverpool and Manchester United or whatever. So... I'm not into sports, but yeah. I, I completely understand the appeal for it. Yeah. But sometimes I take a step back and I think, man, this is stupid. You know, like, this is like <laughs> you know, 11 people or 22 people on a pitch following a ball around, you know, and these are grown men. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? right. Like, and they're being paid like literally hundreds of thousands of dollars a week to do that. I mean, it's the money in, in, is insane, especially at the top. The yeah. human race is funny. You know, that's what I it think. It is. It's, 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 really, it's really funny. It's not just football. I like guess any other sport. Like, there's pe- grown men on a pitch, or, or women now, because it's, it's, you know, there's two leagues now. Mm. Um, and they just follow a ball around. And, mm. and they have to get it into a little <laughs> circle or a little, like, trying, uh, you know, trying, uh, sorry, a rectangular thing. And, yeah. 
It's just it's a strange thing. But it anyway, is. I don't know what I how are you with sports? No, I'm I'm not um I'm not a sports guy, quote unquote. I mean I, I run a lot. I like to run. I run? Yeah. I okay. Run. I mean, that's a sport. Yeah. That's a sport. I guess that's a sport. Kind of. But I listen to podcasts when I run. That's yeah. my podcasting time. Is it? Okay. <laughs> I listen to music. I can't listen to podcasts because I find it's not it's a bit sort of slow for me. Like right. I need something to kind of pump me up. Right. right. Like the Basil Meets. Kind right. of a shitty show, right. <laughs> you know, but you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm sure if I listened to this show while I was yeah. running, it would be yeah, would, yeah. it would Fast give me like pace. that extra no, ten miles. No, <laughs> cool. Okay, so you but you are into sports though. Yeah, I mean, so uh, I never did sports growing up. I was just like always kind of put off by them because I was not an athletic kid, um, and all the kids around me were super athletic. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go and sit in like the library or whatever and like read books, right? Because really? okay. I just it was just not. I was a bit intimidated by the idea of organized sports. Like it was just constant embarrassment. It was right. Yeah. Me too. I felt that too, mate. Like when I think back to it, <clears throat> we have cricket in the UK. Cricket, you, 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 it, you're, it's like baseball a bit, right? And you're like batting. You have to go on and like bat and like. I, I remember being the last of the team to have to go on because, uh, like, you, you got the ten guys who've gone on to bat before you. <laughs> and I remember the slow walk out to the center of the field. There's like twenty guys from the opposing team all around you watching you, and I just remember like my head down, the slow <laughs> trudge to like my inevitable death. And I stand there, and the first ball. This, this is like every time the first ball that comes, it hits my wicket. I'm out. Like I'm done for. I haven't even like hit the ball and I just turn right back around and just like walk off the field with my head down and I remember like the shame of like just the embarrassment <laughs> of everyone watching and just feeling like oh this is so awful so I, so I was like I'm going to stick to just learning things where I can't be embarrassed and it's just gonna, that's, that's what I'm going to do academia uh, academia <laughs> right and then it, it took me literally it took me like 15 years something like that to maybe not 15 years maybe like tw- 10 or 11 years to get over that yeah. and it was only when I was like 23 that I um, I got into going to the gym and I started running and then I was just like immediately hooked on running like I just I just fell in love with it I, I, I love I don't care about losing weight I don't care about you know my physique at all for me running is just therapy it's just right. pure therapy yeah, like I, totally I, get it. I can turn my mood around I can have a stressful day at work and I can just go for a run and then suddenly it's like all gone and from there I began I kind of began to feel more comfortable with the idea of sports I realized that not everyone who did sports was like a bit of a dickhead <laughs> and uh, and then I got into jiu-jitsu and that was like oh a big, no way yeah that was a big kind of thing for me because if cricket was intimidating, like the idea of combat sports was super intimidating. And uh, so it was a big thing for me to like have to like make myself turn up and like start learning. Wow. Get beaten up. Oh, yeah. so you do jiu-jitsu right I now. do, yeah. I, I don't think you can see it on the camera, but I have a cut above my eye from jiu-jitsu oh, a couple of days ago. But oh. yeah, but it's, um, yeah, it's not too bad. It's a bit weird when you go into work and you're like a bit beaten up. You're like, I promise. It's fascinating, but, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I hear a lot about jiu-jitsu and I feel like everybody who gets into jiu-jitsu gets mm. so into it. Right? it yeah, they, I mean, yeah, it, it, it can be like anything. Like Mohammed with uh, with Manchester United right. or, you know, like whatever, some people with podcasts, whatever it is, like it can become a part of your identity. And um, certainly with something like jiu-jitsu, which is intense, it's kind of physically demanding and there's a sense of like community uh, a- a- around the people who do it and the shared purpose and drive. Um, it can become a huge part of people's lives. And I think for me, I'm always I've never been like that. Nothing 
I think maybe music is the closest I've ever got to like one thing becoming like this central pillar of my identity um, in the sense that music sort of forms the soundtrack to my day from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. So like if anything consumes that like a lot of my time and attention, it's music. Mm. That being said, even that is not, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't like I have, I would like to think I have sort of more not to more to offer, but just more, I'm, I have more diverse interests than just music. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's not something I'm saying as like a, a way of boasting. It's just perhaps it's like my attention has to kind of go on lots of different things as opposed to just being poured into one singular thing. But yeah, for, for some people, jujitsu is like the kind of, it's the thing that they do. Yeah. And it's a diverse crowd. Like I was just rolling a couple of days ago uh, with an Emirates pilot, like who has a couple of weeks like, week off. So he's just in there every day. Like, you, you get very diverse people, women, you know, kids, whatever. Like it's, it's, I'm very it's awesome. interested in jujitsu. I think that's something I'd like to pick up yeah. because just, I feel like it has this um, camaraderie about it. It does. It yeah. does. And I feel like that's something I'd, I'd like to have in a sport. Yeah. But my problem with sports is, I mean, Forget the sports that you watch on TV. Mm, I mean, mm. I used to be into the WWE. Okay, uh, nice. Not really a sport, I guess. I guess <laughs> it's <laughs> it's entertainment. More a, it's more of a soap opera with mm. some guys flexing. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I also I think with the gym, I just I was I just found it boring and um, and sports. I, I think to your point, it, it was when I was in high school. I was never a good kid at sports. You know right. what I mean? Like. I was always the last one to be picked for a team, for right. example. You know what right. I mean? Like, it's like, oh God, it's Bassett left. I guess, I, I guess he can go with the, or, you know, with this team. Yes. And, yeah, and yeah. just nobody wants to pass the ball to no. me, you know, because like, you know, you just know the guy's gonna mess this up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So let's not let's keep him on the side yeah. and that sort of thing. And that I think for me is, um, you know, it's why I think that's where my, you know, where I my my dislike for yeah. sports probably yeah, stems yeah. from. Yeah. Um, and you always want to be the champ, and I think. It, it was very like um, I, I don't know how to say it, but like it, it was it was a lot of um, like the group was always hanging around the alpha, and mm. the alpha had to score, and mm. we also had to like you know, mm. and to, and you had to have this really strong belonging to the group, yeah. and that, and to me, I didn't feel any of these things. No. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, nah, I don't really feel a it's part a bit of this group. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's just yeah. too much bravado. Yeah, I guess, a lot me. of bravado, especially around young boys, like boys who are sort of 13, 14, like you know that that machismo, that testosterone, like exactly. kids are just treating each other terribly, and and just like the social, your social hierarchy is all structured around like sports, right? So like, I mean, certainly for me, it was at school. So the coolest kids when I was 13 were the kids who were also the best at football. Yeah. They were in the first team for football, like the A team for football. And therefore all of like the the girls paid attention to them. Like all of the other guys kind of wanted to be like them. And what's interesting. And so I wasn't in that group. So for me, I always associated be, having a passion for, for not for watching sports because I, I like I knew lots of people who who weren't like that who loved watching sports but I had I always associated actually playing sports with being kind of like a dickish alpha machismo thing that was just like for people who didn't really have much else going on and and it, I always resented them a bit but what was interesting and that stuck with me for a long long time like as I said like 12 13 years but what was interesting was from thir- from the age of 13 when I went to high school like secondary school to 18 those guys who were the, the 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 best football players the most popular kids they had had this like huge reckoning with with their like social status um because they weren't judged on the fact that they were good at football anymore like right. no one gave no one cared yeah like by the time you're 18 you're like you're becoming like an adult and you're like oh wait 
like why would we why would we judge this person's like social standing based on what football like what how good they are at a sport like let's judge them on how good of a person they are yeah let's judge them on like how 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 nice they are to me like how well they treat me how polite they are how funny they are how intelligent they are like there's more to that person but when you're young and 13 you're just scrambling around to like get a, a hold on on something stable in life and and for for most kids like let's go for the cool kids the, the ones who play sports you know so That's it's right. interesting and, and and that was nice for me to see for, for me to get a bit older and to be like all right my whole life is not going to be a disaster. Yeah. I am going to be able to like make friends and be sort of socially accepted because, you know, I, I have more to offer than just playing sports. You yeah. Know? I think, um, you know, I, I, obviously I encourage it. And I think like you, um, just getting older, I, uh, I started running and mm. I love running. I mean, I run every single day. Nice. Um, and it's just therapeutic for me. Yeah. It's when I listen to my podcasts, it's, um, yeah, it's just a good time. And also, uh, my wife was a, an instructor at a spinning class. And so I got inspired by her mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So I, it's, it's definitely, there's a lot of positivity around it. And I think the negativity around it's pretty minuscule, but, but yeah, I completely agree. And, but I think one thing for me in high school, like you, is I gravitated a lot towards music right? and, uh, you know, rock music in particular. Um, I got into, uh, you know, Metallica and that sort of stuff. And I sort of found my thing. That was my thing. That was mm. like, I'm the rock guy now. Right. And, like, and people knew me as the rock guy. Right. And, uh, oh, you know, Basil from that set, that school. And, uh, and people, yeah, oh, the guy who's into Metallica, right? They, right. That's, that became my yeah, identity. Like your calling you know? card, yeah. It's yeah, and I was, I was happy with that. I was yeah. like, yeah, this is cool. I'm, I am the rock guy. And it's almost like until today, Guns I'm wearing a Guns N' Roses, Roses yeah. t-shirt. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's, it became sort of like in my blood yeah. and that sort of thing. So it's, I think it's healthy to, for you to diversify your interests. And, you know, like have your sports, have your music. You got your Death Row records in there, so yeah. I'm guessing you're a rapper or like. Uh, what's that? Well, <laughs> don't look like one. But no, yeah. <laughs> I am actually a famous rapper. Oh, no one oh, knows. Interesting. So, um, I, well, you were telling me you're into music, right? Yeah, so yeah, you, absolutely. You, and you do music as well. I DJ as yeah. well. Yeah, I just uh, recorded yesterday. Uh, I do like a radio show once a week, an on, oh, online radio show. It's called Friday. I'm in love. So basically, just playing records and, cool. and talking about them whilst I play them. Uh, I DJ quite a lot here in Dubai. Not as much. So um, when I was in the when I was living in London about five years ago I was DJing quite a lot and then when I moved to Dubai I became a journalist I was like focused just 100% on on my career as a journalist and and the the DJing kind of fell by the wayside I kind of I kind of say I'm retired and I I come out of retirement like once a month once every couple of months mainly as like a favor to friends who who want me to DJ so I play at Al Sakal Avenue a lot because I have a lot of friends who work there and they they have a lot of like art parties and stuff so I'll play for them but other than that I'm like not making an effort to go out and and get gigs and DJ um which perhaps is something that I should be doing but yeah like I was the same as you man like music became it was always this important part of my life but certainly as a teenager became this thing that I was like gravitated towards it was a place of kind of acceptance it was a place of like you can be whoever you are you know come as you are in the words of Nirvana like you know I I didn't have there wasn't that sense of like being an outsider like there was with sports there was a sense of like this is a welcoming for all the weirdos and yeah. stuff and yeah so I was a rock guy. My dad is a, like a rock guy. So I grew up on like Zeppelin and ACDC and Sabbath. And, and, and then 
I probably got to about 12 and I started listening to The Smiths and I like The Cure, a lot of like British kind of like rock music. And then, um, and I'm going to get killed for saying The Smiths are rock, but you know what I mean? And then when I was 13, I had a, a very close friend called Owen who was into like 50 Cent. This was probably about 2002. And then I listened to Get Rich or Die Trying by 50 Cent. I started listening to like a lot of older hip hop and just then kind of fell in love with that. And to this day, I would say my interest, like my musical kind of palette is is very, very broad. And like the, the, the yesterday on the radio show, I was playing like a lot of like West African music. I wow. played like Italian disco, like I played some house music. I play like a lot of different stuff. And but yeah, like the core is, is probably still like rap music. And then like kind of I like a lot of like rock music and stuff like that. So it's interesting how somebody would go from rock to rap. I mm. find it interesting. I have some friends who actually did that my from rock to rap. Mm. Um, were you by any chance into Limp Bizkit or any of that stuff? Or I, I, kind of. So Limp Rage Bizkit, Against the Machine, for yeah, example. Yeah, I, lo- I loved Rage. Um, yeah. Limp Bizkit was a little bit before my time, so I never really kind of rode that wave. Um, I, I felt a big pull or a push back in those days to, because I had one friend, Andy, who was like the rock guy, played guitar, like introduced me to loads of great rock music. And then Owen, who was like the rap guy, and they were both always like giving me new music, like check this out, this is the new thing by DMX or whatever. And then and I was like, but Andy never accepted that I could listen to rap music. He was like, no, nah, no, nah, you got to be a rock guy, you got to be a rock guy. And then I was like, no, nah, I could, I could do both. Like, stop trying to like control me. And Andy, to his credit, like I saw him like five years later, or whatever. Like he, he's like into rap music as well. Like he's like, I can like everything, you know. But back in those days, you had to have your allegiance. Yeah, um, that's what, that's what I did. I mean, yeah. I was like allegiance to rock music. Right. But I think I, I stuck to it. So I'm kind of loyal. You're still loyal. Yeah. Yeah. But can you, do you appreciate some rap music? I do. I do. Um, Well, again, my wife is really into hip hop. So like, uh, since we got married, um, I really got introduced into the world of hip hop. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, I would say, I mean, uh, I can't name anything off the top of my head. I I like Tupac, I have to say. Okay. I know I sound really... Uh, old school right, right now, no. but I could really appreciate a good Tupac song, okay. you know, yeah. and uh, and there's something about how he used to rap and the way he used to, uh, just like his tone and yeah. his rhythm, like, <clears throat> and, and even like the, 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 the beat that he had, I always appreciated that, even when I was like in my height of my, you know, fanaticism of heavy metal and mm. rock and roll, you know, mm. um, I've always appreciated somebody like Tupac, and I always find you know, people with fascinating stories, interesting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so for example, the rivalry between East and West Coast, between Biggie Smalls and, and Tupac. And like, just because of that, I found their music to be more interesting. Right. Because there's, like there's a story context, behind it. that color. Yeah. 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 So that kind of stuff I, I did, I, I used to enjoy. But in general, though, like I was, I would, I never got into the rap scene. Mm, like, I, yeah. I, I couldn't appreciate it. I mean, there's The Recipe. I don't know if you know them here mm-hmm. in, in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Um, great band, mm-hmm. you know, and um, one of my, I mean, one of my favorite hip hop uh, outfits, I guess. I mean, I don't know much, but I mean, mm. that's from what I know, they're, they're really good. There's I don't lo- know if you know them. But, yeah, yeah. They, no, there's a lot of like interesting rap music coming out of this region. Like, there's some interesting groups from Syria, there's a lot of interesting stuff from like Somalia, Yemen as well. Um, <clears throat> yeah. and yeah, like, just it's it's quite a vibrant region at the moment for like kind of grassroots rap music, yeah. Um, and, and for like rock music as well. And uh, like, are you Lebanese? I'm Jordanian, you're Jordanian, Palestinian okay. Jordanian, yeah. okay. 
So you have the Wanton Bishops from Lebanon. Oh, like they're the, really cool. They're really, I really cool. Like I saw them. them in Dubai a couple of years ago. Like, there's a lot of interesting music in this region, and it's kind of like bubbling under at the moment. Um, and it just needs, yeah, it just needs like a bit of a spotlight shone on it, which is what Angami does very well. Right. Um, so you know, shout out to them. Like, they're they're definitely kind of expo- like exposing or shining a light on those sort of underground acts. But yeah, I mean, it's. Um, yeah, like music is, is a huge part of my life and, and just I think finding new music and actively like sort of yeah, actively discovering stuff is, is do you, so Do you important. write anything? Um, so I used to write a lot of music and uh, back in sort of my teens, I used to produce a lot of music. I produced like kind of UK rap music. Right. Um, and then I sort of stopped doing that when I was about 17. UK and, rap music? Yeah, 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 yeah. So like beats or would you yeah, actually? Beats, yeah, beats, okay. yeah, yeah. I'd produce beats for other people, for All other right. rappers. And then when I got to about 17, I kind of got more, or 18, I kind of was a bit, Dis, um, disenchanted with the whole thing. Right. I was a bit bored of like the back and forth and, and just it, the whole thing was just sort of a bit of a pain in the ass. So I ended up DJ. Like that was when I started to DJ because I needed that, that new kind of creative outlet um, for my musical interests. Like I, I love listening to music, but I wanted to do something active with it as well. I wanted to, to really do something with my hands. And, and so DJing kind of replaced producing for me um, yeah. and, as my kind of main musical outlet. So no, I don't really write anymore. Um, no. Do you? Do you write anything? Used to. You dabbled? <laughs> you dabbled? <laughs> Not anymore. Anything online? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, with a bunch of projects in the past, I used right. to do vocals. So, right. um, and sometimes I go back and read the lyrics I used to write. And, uh, yeah, it just seemed a little funny. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now that I, like, why were you so angry? Like, dude, right. you come from a good family, right. you know, your parents were really good to you. Right. Like, there's nothing to be angry about. But no, I think I channeled, channeled myself through, like, the news. You know, I would watch the news. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm an angry Arab, so I should write about right, right. Like, angry Arab issues, you know right. what I mean? That kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I used to do that. But I think, you know, with a lot of things in Dubai, because I used to, like, I, mean, I was in uh, university here in Dubai, and um, and back then, we used to, uh, we used to have bands, mm. you know, and, you know, we, you just have a university, and that's all you had, right? You had university, and then you have to do the your extracurricular mm-hmm. stuff, and and that's when you start, you know, working out with, with your friends, and you start writing songs, and we started playing gigs, and, you know, you start having uh, people show up to these gigs mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And and a scene was born. This was back like in 2002, 2003, I want to say, something like that. Um, and yeah, a scene was born with so many bands, so many people coming out to these shows. But what happens in Dubai is that a lot of people sort of leave after that time. You right. know, like, so, um, you know, either high school kids go to study abroad or people who finish university go back to their home countries and mm. stuff like that. Or people just go into their jobs. So it was like a four... Uh, four-year window where people did that and then almost immediately it kind of fizzled out you know like just sort of people went on with their lives people got jobs we got busy and that kind of thing Um, so yeah I think that's when it's kind of like calmed down I I have friends who are still in it like they Mm. still play Mm. uh, great music Uh, just uh, one of my episodes was with private government Mm -hmm. Uh, Milton my friend Joe they were um, you know they they just put out an album um, and they're, they're veterans of the scene. I mean, these guys were around for a while. Um, you've met Hattie before the podcast. Mm-hmm. He's still putting out some content, um, some music. So you still have that scene. I think it's reborn. Uh, but I just never got back into it. I think my mm-hmm. creative outlet, you know, took a U-turn 
and went into audio, I would say. Right, and then right. that's what I'm doing. This is my creative outlet, podcasting, to, yeah. you know, talking. I like to talk, I guess. That's my thing. But yeah, so, you know, and so I used to do a lot of that. Um, but it's interesting. I see the scene now. It's, it's almost like things pop up. And I feel like there's a renewed interest yeah. in in music, almost. You yeah, know? I think so. I think there is. And, and I mean, it's said a lot, but... We're, the internet has really made it so easy to get yeah. music out there. And, you know, if you're a young kid today, you can, you know, take that music that you're making at home, put it on the internet and find an audience. And the the, the downside to that or the flip side is that you now have competition from all over the world to that's be true. heard. You, you have to compete. And I think that's leading to some unintended consequences, like musicians trying to stand out a bit more. I think you're seeing that with like SoundCloud rap, quote unquote, in the US, like mm. just guys becoming, you know, just it's like this kind of, uh, this, this, this kind of, arms race to become the most kind of controversial rapper like the, the face tattoos and the kind of right. crazy personas and the crime that that, that these guys are there still was a guy who just like who was killed or something right just recently, um, recently nipsey hustle was killed in la um he, he he wasn't as much from that soundcloud like rapper generation he was kind of pre that and okay. um but like yeah i mean like you, you've got tons of soundcloud rappers who've died like guys like lil peep and um you know, got guys who are like in prison now for like murder and stuff. Damn, which is really interesting because, well, well not interesting. It's sad, but but the interesting thing is that the guys of like the nineties, um, you know, so your Death Row Records guys or your East Coast like Bad Boy Records, th- those guys like obviously were involved in, you, you know, obviously. Biggie and Park both died um, as a result of like their feud or whatever, but they weren't like as actively involved in like crime as a lot of these young guys are because I think they saw rap music as like an escape, like a way to get out of that and to like have actual legitimate careers and legitimate incomes. And, but the SoundCloud rappers are like, they have to retain that kind of that credibility, that street credibility um, to the point of like, I'm going I'm to like do this crime. I'm going to kill someone or whatever it is. Um, because if I, like, if I do this, then it's going to kind of set me apart from everyone else. Um, and so I think it's, it's kind of a, a slightly worrying trend about the internet is that it, it perhaps does incentivize kind of more extreme content um, and, and it sort of forces people to be a bit more outlandish and a bit more extreme to, to get those views. Um, but that being said, it's also a fantastic kind of way to, to, to deliver content it's kind of proliferating music and video and podcasts like this. Yeah. I mean, it, the benefits are kind of countless. It's pretty crazy, huh? The, 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 the battle for attention is pretty damn crazy. I was thinking about that the other yeah. day. Um, and it's just what people do to get attention right. is quite insane. For the clout. And yeah, man, that's insane. I mean, like, just the, the, the fact that how people put themselves, put, themselves, put themselves out there and they do things that it just just kind of got born in this generation of the internet mm, you know what i mean which mm. is kind of interesting it's uh, and now you i mean yeah of course these rappers that you're talking about um like the face tattoos and, mm. and getting into 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 the battles between them and themselves mm. and maybe ending up in jail and stuff like that yeah that's kind of crazy that's kind of crazy because it just makes me think about you know what is the next generation of music going to look like? Mm, you know, what mm. is, is it more about the the persona or less about the music? I don't know. Would it stand the test of time? Because um, mm. like you, you look back at the 80s, right? And it was purely a music game. Right. Like the, like the 80s, the 70s, you know, you bands were born like 
Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. I mean, those are earlier uh, in the 60s. But, you know, and then you got Iron Maiden. You had, mm. like, my references are rock. But, right, you know, sure, you could, sure. I'm sure we could look at pop yeah, yeah. bands and so on. Yeah, yeah. But they stood the test of time. Like, they, they, there's, like, 30 years in, and these guys still stood the test of time because what they did was purely about the music that right. they were putting out. But right now, it almost feels super programmed. It feels super um, just like, what are we doing for the likes? What are we doing for the views? Mm. And not about the music itself. And I had this conversation with the recipe as mm. well. And, you know, they are in the same boat. Like, they don't they don't understand what's the next, or they agree in that sense that where is this going? Where What do you need to do? And now you need to do more to get more attention. You need... You need to, to get booked bigger gigs. You have to get the views. You have to get the right. follows. You have to get the stuff like that. And it's just like, I don't know if we're going the right direction musically, though. You know what I mean? I think so. I think these are like two separate issues. So I think just to, to touch on your first point about um, music standing the test of time, I think it's really important whenever you're looking or discussing music to, to take a step back. Because right now we're living in like the eye of the storm. Like in 2019, we're, we're surrounded by musicians of all stripes like good musicians bad musicians and everything in between the 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 music that stands the test of time is is simply that it it is the music that we will be listening to in 30 years and there are plenty i guarantee you there are plenty of artists out today who we will be listening to in 30 years and Mm. who will be looked back on as being the innovators as being kind of like the iconic musicians of this time but right now we're just living in that moment and it's like oh my god there's so much trash out there but i think there was a lot of trash in the 80s as well right there was a lot of trash in the 70s and there was a lot of stuff that perhaps wasn't engineered to be like clicked online but there was stuff that was engineered to be like flashy and provocative on tv i mean some of like the outfits these guys were wearing like the kind of hair metal glam rock days like some outrageous stuff and like motley crew i guess right right, yeah Yeah. or or, like even some like van halen and stuff like that was was pretty like you know foreigner and you know like Toto, that, that kind of stuff was like pretty, the music is, is great, but like there was some pretty crazy stuff going on with the outfits and stuff like that. Obviously now it feels a bit more extreme, but I think that is to do with your second point about clicks and stuff like that. And I think that's going in an interesting direction because I, I you know, you talk, look at Instagram who are trialing a, a like free version in certain mm. regions. Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty right? cool. So like, you're not going to post that picture if you're like you know whatever if you're posting stuff just for the likes like that's gonna take that out from under you which is a kind of scary thought for some people who who do feel this sense of identity or do attach a sense of self-worth to the number of likes they get and we all do that right like if i if i do like a tweet and it hits like a hundred retweets or whatever i'm like yeah like which is ridiculous because when you when you look at it like it's so ephemeral and fleeting it doesn't mean anything really, except that like people picked up this piece of content and distribu- distributed it for you, right? But it's like you've won a game at life. Like you've got that that special number. Like I, I hit a hundred or I hit a thousand, and it's just like and at the end of the day like that isn't what any of us should be chasing t- to really feel a sense of like sort of happiness and and belonging and like. Sp- quote unquote spiritual kind of fulfillment because it it, it does flee it, it it is so kind of materialistic and doesn't last right and i think that that with in the context of music is something that 
I think is probably like a, a trend right now. And it, I don't think it will last. I think substance always wins out over style in the long run. And I think that, you know, in five years, we're going to have kind of new forms of, of distribution, you know, platforms like Angami, like Spotify, like whatever. And, and you know, perhaps chasing those likes and stuff will be, be less important um, or, or there'll just be different ways of doing it. But people are always going to, you know, the good is always going to rise to the top, I think. And, yeah. and, and the quality will always come with it. Who do you see is the, you know, the artist that's going to be remembered in 30 years to, from today's young generation? It's such a tough question, right? Because, I mean, I feel like right now, I feel like when I'm as, as a journalist in my day job and I ask people to like predict the future and I get frustrated when they're like, oh, I don't want to look into my crystal ball. And, and now the shoe is on the other foot and I'm being asked to do the same thing. Um, I mean, from the young gen, I, I think like, all right, listen. Ed Sheeran, you, you can say, you know, whatever you like about him and wh- whatever the, the relative merits of his music are. He's a singer songwriter. He writes all his own stuff, which, which you can't say for the vast majority of like pop artists out there. He's, he's selling millions and millions of records around the world. He's making catchy tunes. Mm. He, he's built a live show that's centered around him, which is like crazy financial like amazing baller move like he, he he's worth like 160 million pounds now like he just added like 60 million dollars to his net worth because he doesn't have to pay for like band members or anything like so he's just killing the game financially yeah. which whether you like it or not is a metric that we have to measure the success relative success of an artist by um so i think ed sheeran will will, will be remembered as like one of the great singer songwriters of his generation with with just a, a back catalog of of killer hits um that that not everyone likes but he he's he makes catchy music that is popular in india popular in south america in the philippines whatever like europe he's a very universal artist so i mean ed sheeran would would have to be one of those from from the sort of younger generation now but but i think bands uh like who okay who would you say is there anyone that comes to mind no idea i mean i who's going to be the next oasis who's going to be the next metallica who's going to be there the aren't next many there aren't many bands out there i was having this exact conversation last night with one of my friends because we were discussing like the current landscape of music and and bands there haven't there hasn't been a huge band in 10 years now you're right like the, the, the killers were, were sort of pre maybe 12 15 years well, ago they were on a trajectory but then they just sort of yeah, like fizzled out they did and and kings of leon also like i yeah. mean they're, they're both huge bands <clears throat> excuse me but in the last 10 years there hasn't been anyone that's come out that's that's really achieved or on that trajectory of being like o- oasis or whoever um from the uk uh, but also from the us and and i think you know coldplay are really like if you look at the charts coldplay are the only Quote, unquote, for sure. band who but are still... I feel still... like Coldplay reached there, right? They're already that. Coldplay are like one of the biggest yeah. groups in the world. They're already... I mean, they're already as big as Metallica, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah, I mean, 100%. they're huge. Yeah, so, they're absolutely And I think enormous. they've cemented themselves there. Th- they have. They're, so, they're, they're going to go down as like one of the greatest bands of all time. Like, And, and in terms... Again, whether you like them or not, it, they, they are like... They've cemented their status, yeah. right? 100%. You, you can't... You can't uh, There's a new band called uh, Greta, Greta Van Fleet. Mm, okay. Um, they sound almost exactly like Led Zeppelin. Okay. There's a lot of press around them. I right. don't know if this is just like, you know, people infatuated by them or not. But a bit of nostalgia, I mean, maybe, maybe, for that old sound. They're really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't know if they are the, they're going to be the Led Zeppelin of this generation. Right. I, I, don't, I don't know yet. I, I just think we're, music, like everything is cyclical. And right now we're in a cycle where 
bands and and kind of that li- more live music kind of live live recorded music is not as kind of in at the moment i think so like if you look at that 10 year gap that i'm talking about so back to like 2009 the mid 2000s you had some huge bands come out the likes of kings of leon and and the killers and so on um that then in those intervening 10 years you had the DJs become the rock stars, mm. right? So you had the, the Avicis, the David Getters, the Tiestos, the, the Calvin Harris's. They, they were the ones who would kind of bring the crowds of 50,000 people. You know, they were the ones who would sell out stadiums, do these world tours. And, and you saw this direct correlation with the rise of DJs and EDM and kind of dance music with the, the relative decline of the band, quote unquote, right? And, it's cyclical. It's just cyclical. And and so if you look at the top 40 now in the US or in the UK or, you know, here, wherever, you're going to see, like, there's only a couple of bands, right? Like, I mean, if you class Maroon 5 as a band, then you've got Maroon 5, like, Coldplay are in and out of the charts whenever they release something new. But other than that, it's, like, DJs, rappers, and then, like, solo singer-songwriters, like right. like a Taylor Swift or, like, an Ed Sheeran um, or an Adele or a Sam Smith or whoever. So, but again, t- 10 years down the line, there'll probably be this resurgence of bands. There'll be, like, people making incredible, interesting rock music again, like, m- kind of with a modern twist on it. Like, it, it, it's just cyclical. It's coming I, I back. I hope so. I hope we see the next <laughs> big rock movement. I think, I think you'll be at the rock forefront. Music for quite some time. I think you'll be at the forefront. I think <laughs> we need Basil to, uh, to reintroduce Basil, that. Basil rocks. Basil rocks. Um, anyway, man, I think we're closing in on the hour. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, What's your so? What's your next? Uh, what's when is your show on? Where's? Uh, I know you have your podcast as well. Yeah. We haven't even covered your podcast, but you have your podcast as well. We have a business podcast, yeah, uh, on Golf News, which is called Dirhams and Dollars. If you're into like stream talking about streaming wars and stuff like that, that's kind of what we talk about. Less the the music side yeah. of things, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, that's <laughs> Dirhams and Dollars. You, you can find that on the, your all your good podcasting platforms. I like your podcast, man. Thank really you. Good. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're trying our best. We're it trying reminds our me best. of a, a podcast I really like. It's called Exponent. Mm, okay, um, I haven't heard of it. Yeah, it's really good. So it's a lot of strategy business talk. Okay, that's uh, interesting. Very cool. But a lot of it is tech and Silicon Valley and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's almost like remind me in that realm. But yeah, I yeah. love your show, man. Thank you, man. And, I appreciate and people don't know, it. we were on a panel once together. We were. Yeah, 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 we were. We were at the podcasting forum. That's true. That's right. That was the Shout first time I met you. Podcasting forum. Shout out to the podcasting forum. Yeah, yeah, that was that was awesome. That's great to see things like that happen. And it's great to to see your success as well. Like you're smashing it on iTunes. Like yeah. it's real. Every time I'm... I see you announce like a new achievement. It's really, it's awesome, man. Like yeah, it's, thanks, it's so man. good to have people like you doing what you're doing and, and just pushing the culture forwards. I, I, I mean, you know, I hope that podcasting grows. Mm-hmm. That's why we're doing it. That's why you we're know? doing we it. Wanna, we want to make sure that we have a scalable show that a lot of people listen to and enjoy, you know? And you got the voice for it. That's the most important Oh, yeah. Thing. yeah let's go. That's me. <laughs> yeah. But, yo, uh, thank you so much. Thank you, man. For I coming on. on a Saturday. I, I say pleasure. this all the time. I, I record mostly on Saturdays. I know it's your weekend. Nah. and The last thing you want to do is coming to another office. So thank I, you so much. I've got for nothing coming. better to do, man. Just reading Game of Thrones fan fiction. <laughs> so it's all good. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? I'll let you, back, I'll let you go back to the fan fiction <laughs> of Game you. of Thrones. Thank you. Um, who will get on the Iron Throne, do you think? Uh, it's going to be, uh, be uh, Bran. He's going to be on the Iron Throne. Brand, Dude, I didn't hear that one before, but okay. <laughs> well, the thing is, he has to be helped up, like because he can't climb onto it himself. So maybe, right. maybe him or you know, failing that, maybe uh, I would, I would think, I would like to think it would be um, what's the guy's name, Samuel Tarly. 
Samuel Tarly. He's my he's my dark horse. I would. I love Samuel. I would smash my TV <laughs> if that's how it ends. <laughs> I absolutely I smash my him. TV. I love Samuel. He, he's he's my he's my spirit animal. Samuel. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I need to make sure that this is released before the final episode of Game of Thrones. Oh no, that'd be terrible. Everyone will see that I'm a fraud. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, man, thank you so much. Thank I really so appreciate much, man. your time. Appreciate I really it. enjoyed this conversation. Really well. You know, I think we covered a lot of shit that we did. Because honestly, coming into this podcast, I really didn't think of. I was like, well, Ed's coming in. He's a journalist. Who is he? <laughs> I'm sure we're going to cover a lot of content. But yeah, it flowed really well. I really enjoyed it. I, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me on. Again, congratulations on your success. And, Thank you. And, Thank uh, you so much, man. So much more of it, I hope. Really appreciate it. All Cheers. right. And we are...